Introducing the D'Addario Autolock, made with locking strap ends for an easy-to-use, clip-on system. When you're done, just pull the latch and slide it off. Keep your guitar on lock with the Dario Auto Lock. What's up? This is Perry with Premier Guitar here in Nashville, Tennessee. And today we got the dudes from Sharp Tooth um, from Baltimore, Maryland. We got Keith and Lance. How are you guys? I'm good. Pretty good. Right on, man. I'm, I'm excited to do this. Um, I've been following your band for a, a while, and I know you guys have a record like about to release, right? Yeah, the 10th. Yep. Rules, rules. And uh, I actually was uh, I had the opportunity to take a look at a video that they've shot for a single on that record. Um, that's not released yet. That is amazing. Uh, I can't wait for you guys to see it, but super heavy, super fun, great breakdowns. That's my kind of band. <laughs> um, so I guess let's start with guitars. You guys are both ESP artists, right? Yeah, the yes. whole band is, yeah. Oh, the whole band, right on. Are you guys like just mainly sticking with Eclipses or do you like venture oh, yeah. all Eclipse, huh? Yeah, we started back in the day with like Les Paul Customs, believe it or not. Um, I had like five at one point it was pretty bad and then uh it was like man these things are like a lot of money yeah. <laughs> and then i also like it's also kind of weird because i might get into like some uh some uh, belief systems here but like i didn't know that gibson used like animal hide glue in their guitars oh uh, yeah it's a really and i was like oh i'm vegan that's kind of weird <laughs> um that's just for and my personal he's vegan too uh, so then, like i Having access to knowing ESP is doesn't you know <laughs> that they don't use animal hide glue and knowing that I have access to the custom shop and being like hey make whatever I want um, is pretty rad too so yeah of course next. so when when you guys are getting guitars from ESP um, what are you asking for specifically is there anything you know not standard that you like to have um well the LTDs that I that I use, if you notice on the um, the headstock, well, not the headstock, the fretboard. There's no inlays or anything. I think it looks that looks sweet, pretty rad too. <laughs> yeah, um, like the, uh, I mean, it's just you know, the, they come with like a bone nut. We take them off immediately. It's not like a thing that we need. I use like a tusk. Right. Um, the 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 brand tusk. It's like a polymer type. Um, and then uh, yeah, they. The inlays, I had done a couple of the um, older Eclipses, like the real ones, and the, they use uh, like a, I guess like the the acrylic or like, they call it mother of toilet seat, but I think it looks sick anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've always liked their, fl yeah, their flag inlays, those are pretty cool. And I think actually, Lance, I've seen you with that, that guitar quite a bit. Um, unless you have vegan straight edge written on all of your eclipses. <laughs> I, he does. I, I do. <laughs> I don't know why I do that. It's so goofy. Why not? I think it looks it's rad. Um, so are you guys I've been, going for oh, yeah. very similar setups? Like, what do you what do you request? Um, I like the Fishman Fluences. Oh, yeah. So this was their, the one that came with it. Um, and I actually have a guitar being shipped to me now that has Fluences, but those aren't stock. Right. So uh, I, I saw Ken Susi from Unearth do a demo of the Fluences at NAMM when those came out. 
Are those active? Or they're passive, right? They're powered. <laughs> oh, so it's <laughs> they like, don't like to call them active. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, how do, um, how do you? I've always been very anti-active, but I like these. Yeah, I get that. I've heard that from a lot of. I've seen a lot of metal players actually switching over to the Fluence pickups from you know standard like eighty one eighty five sets. What is it about the Fluence that you like as compared to like a just a regular humbucker? Um, I always go for like really high gain stuff. I mean, with sharp tooth, that's just what we do. Right, of course. Um, and these give me like a compression that's. It doesn't sound like like your classic EMG or whatever. Um, it, it sounds more like the passive, but it's super high gain. Oh, I love I, that. To me, it's like going if you're like watching a YouTube video, and like, and I'm not. <laughs> I try not to sound like I'm dissing anybody because 81s have their place in history. Sure. Trust me, Kirk Hammett is like all day, <laughs> but like, I feel like it's kind of like going from like 480p to like. 1080 if that makes any sense like the resolution yeah. is there uh, um and they're really articulate with that it's, it's great for like our genre and everything yeah it's hard to get a ton of clarity out of some active pickups i'll give you that but right. with, with that said you know like when i was a kid a, a humbucker just wasn't hot enough there was like nothing you could do to yeah. a humbucker in the world so you know when i when, when i first started touring and stuff in 81 85 was about as balls to the walls as you could get for a pickup. So it's awesome to see right. companies, especially like Fishman of all companies, coming yeah. out swinging with like just rad high gain pickups. <laughs> I love it. Is that, yeah, is they it, go from like acoustic stuff to like <laughs> ripping pickups. It's crazy. <laughs> so weird. Yeah, I, the first time I saw like metal dudes at the at the at the at their booth at Nam, I'm like, wait, wait, what's going on here? <laughs> That's the dude from on Earth. <laughs> like, what is he? Yeah. Got an acoustic career I don't know about apparently. Uh, yeah. Anyway. We actually, we met Keith, we, were, we met Ken on a Warp Tour, and uh, they were giving uh, D's Nuts uh, pickups. He was installing them on in their trailer or something like that. And I was like, what is going, what is this? He's like, hey, yeah. I was like, check these out. And then we got home, and he sent us a few pickups, and we're like, okay, this is what we're using now. That's cool. <laughs> right on. Are you, um, uh, Lance, are you also using the Fluence? Yeah, right now I'm in the transition, like, if you listen to the album, it was all passive. Um, no, it wasn't. There's was a few Fishmen in there, but mm -hmm. a lot of it was a Demarzio Deactivator X. Um, it's like a, it's kind of like if you can imagine like the Dimebucker pickup, but like a little bit not as like shrill. Um, it's in that vibe, and I like the Fishman kind of gets in that department a lot better. I, I have I had them in my uh, Stephen Carpenter H string that I have actually, and like. The low end detail those things throw out is ridiculous. Like, uh, we're we're just kind of not looking back at this point. Totally get that. That's understandable. Um, are you guys typically playing six strings, or do you have any eight string stuff? Yeah, yeah. sixes yeah. for sure. Cool, cool. And then with your sixes, are you guys changing tunings within a set, or is it pretty much all one tuning? It's all. No. Yeah, we. It's all drop A sharp. Um, but we like to do key changes where we're not always playing on an open string all the time. Sure. Um, and moving around, trying to, I think focusing on on like one particular tuning, like a band that's really good at that is like every time I die, um, they've always been like, just we stay and drop D. Um, I, they have exceptions, but I think they still even use like the same tuning where they just drop it like to an A or something weird. Um, and I always kind of looked at that as been like, oh. But just use your brain a lot more and 
and try to apply theory or something to your writing, you can get a lot more versatility out of your guitar. It's a lot of frets on that thing, you know? <laughs> a whole lot. <laughs> All right, with that said, drop A is sharp, is pretty freaking low. So what gauges are you guys running? Uh, 11 to 56. Yeah, that one. Oh, really? Um, and you don't notice any yeah. flop in the bottom end? No. It's kind of funny, too, because I think that's like a string that um, uh, Mistra, Mansoor uses, too. I found that pretty... And he uses all kinds of crazy tunings. It's... I found that... Like, I used to use, like, a 12 to a 60. Um, and it's kind of funny, too. We're using a 24 and 3 quarter scale guitar, so it's not like a 25-inch. Right. It's not a baritone, or it's, it's all, you know, shorter than your average. But I think once you... I've learned to, like, adjust the technique and kind of maybe raise the action a little bit more mm -hmm. um and you can get kind of like a specific tone out of it that it's i think it's a level of attack that you get when you're using like the lighter gauge stuff yeah what do you think yeah 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 I've, I've, that's always been a struggle of mine because i don't necessarily want to switch to a seven or eight but i do want to be t you know sometimes i want to write in a really really low tuning right but you know if you get if you move up past 11 then you're dealing with that wound third, and that sucks because you can't swell. Yeah. And it's a bitch to solo yeah. on because it's like not right. bending at all. Pinch <laughs> harmonics on that suck, dude. You just can't. Yeah, it's like almost impossible. It just it yeah. sounds like a fuck. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, so how many guitars, you know, obviously you guys aren't touring right now, but typically what do you take one in a backup? Yeah. Yeah. Those Enkis that are over there, um, we have. I don't know if you can see them. But yeah, it'll be with the big guy. Uh, yeah. But we use a uh, we use the Anki cases or like a like a double guitar boat um, setup where it's like we I saw I think it was Nam twenty seventeen I saw uh, Dave from Anki uh, <coughs> put those out and I was like because I was looking like Scott Dixon I think is the other brand mm -hmm. and uh, they're like aluminum and stuff and I I've seen pretty good success it's a great idea but I'm like if you look at them, they look like a, a car bumper that you got in a car accident. Like they get jacked up so hard real quick. And I was like, okay, so I need like, that's a great idea, but who's going to, I need a better solution here. Cause that's going to get destroyed. And then uh, Dave came out with the Enki cases and I was like, okay, that's really rad. And uh, we hit them up and just been with them ever since they were on warp tour with us. I think they have so much foam in them that when we threw them in the trailer for warped, like, we were in Arizona, and like it was like 115 degrees or something, and like I pulled them out of the case, and like, like, I tuned it, and I I had like my my lowest was like just shy flat, and it was in the freaking semi truck for like three days getting to Arizona in, in Phoenix or something. I was like these cases are insane, but and it's also the guitars too. They're really stable too. Yeah, man, those stop tail bridges are a lifesaver on tour and. Almost every ESP I've ever had and played is pretty damn hunkered in. I've not had too Dude, too many yeah, issues, yeah. or like head stock breaks or anything like that. Thank God, you know. Yeah, we went to, we went to the factory and Tony. I never even knew this, but Tony was saying they use carbon fiber uh, rods in the nets. Oh. I was like, oh, I never knew that. That, but that's a thing. Is that a, <laughs> is that just for their custom shops or something? No, he told me that it was just uh, uh, they used carbon fiber rods and all their stuff. Uh, but double, I'll double check with them, but it, it makes sense because they they don't go out of tune. Like all my Les Pauls have that problem. Yeah. So yeah, I was 
had that problem with my balls too. Yeah, look, um, earlier this year, before COVID hit, uh, Chris Keys and I had the opportunity to go to the ESP Japan factory yeah. and check that out. And it was so dope, man. Like, yes. their custom shop is there, which, you know, when you go to NAM and you see all their custom shop and the crazy stuff on the walls and like, that is four dudes that build all of that. What? Yeah. And, <laughs> I and didn't know that. It's only one dude that designs all that stuff, I guess. Like, like the Buccaneer guitar, the one with like the, the ship wheel and <laughs> shit on it. Like, yeah. it's mind blowing. Like, that dude is <laughs> That's cool. a national treasure there. It's amazing. But yeah, those are great guitars. All right, cool, man. Um, I, I see a couple of beautiful Bogners behind you. What's the, what's the deal with those? I know you guys have been playing Bogners for a while, right? Yeah. What you got to say, Keith? Um, we were with Angle for a while. I mean, not with Angle, but we were using Angle for a while, and they didn't cut it, and Bogner does. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, all right, so what angles were you guys on? Uh, I was using an Invader. It was Lance's, but... Yeah, we were using an Invader 2, and then um, I had a special edition. And, um, yeah, they were, they were cool. I think it... It felt like there were like a like a side of like you know I think I think their like distribution has changed or something because I know ESP actually sells their stuff um, so I, I had problems getting parts when I had a malfunction with them um, so I think I think they're catching back up again because I've seen their users go up because I don't want to trash angle yeah, I think yeah. they make some really cool stuff um, and it, it was a shame that you know. I would probably still be using their stuff if, if I didn't have those issues, but I mean, I was using, when the band started, I had a Bogner Ecstasy, it's a 101B, and um, I was using it. Your Uber shawl. Yeah, the, I have an Uber shawl, I have an Ecstasy and an Uber shawl that we use for our recordings, um, and uh, I think some people like look at them as like a boutique hoity-toity kind of thing, um, and I was just always kind of like, yeah, I think they're built really well. I, you know, I never really had a problem with it. And then we were on a tour with a with a previous drummer, Josh. Um, <laughs> not to trash the guy or anything. I love Josh. But we were on tour with him. And uh, he was rolling one of these cases um, on a sidewalk or something. And the ant, it wasn't in living cases either. Like, we weren't, like, pro-touring at all or anything of the sort. And he hit a pothole with the case. <sighs> And it bounced the head. It flew off the head, like the cab. I watched it happen like in the air. In the air, it went <laughs> and bounced, and then land, it hit the side of a pickup truck door, uh, dented it, like <laughs> as if you had like, kicked it, and then landed um, top down <laughs> on like, concrete. And I was like, "Oh, that sucks." So then we went in. I like unscrewed the back and just. Push the tubes in. They didn't work down. Or I was like, okay. I checked all the preamps, um, make sure everything was sat down. And uh, yeah, if you listen to the new recordings, uh, that's that head is on those recordings now. It's, they just don't. Like I, I, I was like weirded out. I was like, are they reliable? Because I don't want this thing to crap out on me in the middle of a tour. And I, I uh, watched an interview with Reinhold before I even met him, and he was like, yeah, when I build amps, like reliability is number one and i'm like well if you're a touring musician and like you know you need stuff to work you know like i will throw i will spend an extra couple bucks to try and get something that's going to last me i mean they have a lifetime warranty 
Like, I can't argue with that. Yeah. Like, their support. We've been on tour and, like, stopped by their shop with, like, a couple, like, foot switch issues. And they were like, yeah, it's just, they just, the tech grabbed it off. <laughs> it was like, oh, that's a design flaw. Let me, like, mod it for you for <laughs> like, free. Awesome. In the shop. <laughs> yeah. I just, like, took, like, 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Joe and Bart Reinhold over there, they're, like, the nicest people, too. They're amazing, awesome yeah, I've only heard great things about those dudes. Yeah, the middle of a tour is a really shitty time to learn a lesson about having a road case on your head. Dude, yeah. Been there and done that, man. That shit blows. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're borrowing somebody's, like, plexi with no gain or something like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Never fun. To, yeah, we were on Cane Hill and I had to borrow uh, uh, that 51 that one night. I just yeah. had to I had to swap out tubes because they they were like warp tour tubes. So you yeah. always swap tubes after warp tour. Oh yeah, those things go through it. <laughs> so what model yeah. are these Bogners? Uh the one uh Ecstasy twentieth anniversary. Um this one is a six L six and this is an EL thirty four. Oh awesome. Um I swapped up the thirty fours with the K T seventy sevens to get a little more like body to it. Um and uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. I have some gold lines I'm gonna swap in there when I get the chance. That rolls Another out. thing too is um, when you get stuff like that, if you get ahead and it sounds it sounds like almost there, I, I could suggest to anybody to experiment with uh, just swapping out different preamp tubes. Because I was having some issues where I was like, man, it's not quite, like I kind of try to go between like a 5150 and a rectifier like in the middle of there but it has to sound like it has like a tube screamer a little bit. And that's what's great about these because you don't need tube screamers. Like it's out of the box, good to go. And I was like, it doesn't sound right. And I had I had some um, TAD, the Tube Ant Doctor 12AX7s floating around and I swapped them out with that. And I was like, oh, this is the best I've ever played. It's yeah. kind of fun. Man, it's amazing how big of a difference tubes can make, you know, in the preamp. It's mind blowing. I, yeah. I, I love that you're doing the EL34s, you know, as, as long, uh, along with the KT-77s because you kind of, you know, they both sit in a different place. And I noticed like a lot of bands, especially like huge, like I'm really into Scandinavian metal, you know, and when those bands come to the United States, they're all getting backlined. Like they both have a 5150 or something and it's like, uh, yeah. they have identical tone and like, right. you know, they don't, they're just well, yeah. stagnant in the mix or something, but yeah. When we, had, we went out with Comeback Hit in Europe, they had like two triples triple wrecks up there and uh yeah it felt a little like you kind of like are fighting for a sound like your space and it's yeah like yeah. yeah i've never really heard too many uh <laughs> triple wrecks that are heavy in the mids i guess <laughs> <laughs> one one of my friends had one that was the best sounding triple wreck i've ever heard i love that amp and then i like tried a bunch of other triples and they sound like shit you know what's oh, wow. like yeah I chased that, that one. I chased that dragon for a while too because actually I think we were out with like comeback kit or something and Jeremy has always played either a dual or a triple rec and his tone is like incredible. I'm like, damn, that sounds really good. And then I went and tried like probably ten and I'm like, yeah, I don't I don't know how they're doing Dude. that, like without attenuation, <laughs> you know. I well I I we're also um um What's the other MXR, the Misha pedal company? I can't believe it. Oh, that Precision that. Drive? Yeah, we use the Precision Drive. Those are great. Um, yeah, I brought the, I, we use those in front of the Uber shawl. Um, and that will, that will take your amp that doesn't uh, sound, you know, that's kind of got the mud to it. Like that is like the secret sauce. If you're trying to get ahead, that like is not quite cutting it because they're, they're awesome. I got to, I got to cut a video for them. 
I think any recording that you or I have done since we've gotten yeah. to this, we use them. Yeah, <laughs> that, those are sick. So that precision drive obviously is an overdrive, but does it also gate a little bit? Because I noticed it, it does. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah. I, I noticed it. Stu from Comeback, he was using one in Europe actually. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I gotta say, I'm like, I had to review uh, Misha's Invictus or in, yeah. Invicta head or whatever, and it yeah. comes with a built-in gate. It was the it like good? best gate I've ever heard. Yeah, especially on yeah. a on a high gain amp, you throw a gate in front of it, and then it sucks all your fun tone away. You know, unless you got you got to do that dance. But like that thing was really really impressive. I, I was kind of blown away. But yeah, I, I'll have to I, try that precision drive. Dude, it's it's well. Another key too is what we do. It's kind of funny you say that. On the back of these heads, we have we zip tie um, a a. Uh, uh, ISP decimator, the G-string. Ah. So you get the noise gate in front and the back where the FX loop is. So it's, and it, it monitors itself too. It watches both inputs. It knows how to accurately make it so it doesn't sound like ass. Um, <laughs> and then and then we also have the uh, Hughes and Kettner, um, the DI running out of that so we don't have to have mics in front of us. It's like a tight stage or something like that. Yeah. Um, and the channel switchers. Yeah. All right, so as, as far as your pedal setup, is the effects loop something that you're utilizing quite a bit? Do you have a ton of modulation effects? Because most of the time, you, your, your tone is pretty balls to the walls. It's like, go, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, we're just using the Line 6 HX effects. Yeah, we use those guys. Man, those things are great. Well, those they are, are, dude. Yeah. I, 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 I first started like getting kind of into those because of uh, the dudes from Thrice. You were using like the M9 or like the M13 modeler. Oh, and it was, I have a 13, yeah. And it was like replacing so much shit on their boards to where, you know, they're touring so much, you don't want to be, you know, that's a lot of money in cartage shipping a giant Dude. pedal board around all the time. Yeah. And it's like, yes. damn, for simple delays and reverbs and stuff like that, it's, you know, it's a, it's a great option. <laughs> yeah, we use the looper, we use, um, well, there's another function that we use on it. Um, the MIDI. Yeah, I forgot about that. We have three devices on the back of these heads that are zip tied. Um, we have the Capsim, the the G string, the noise gate, and then um, RGM, RGM, RJM, uh, the mini amp gizmo. Um, so we use that. That has like a, a multi, like a split out to the um, the foot trid, uh, channel changer, the channel switching mm -hmm. function on it, and it takes MIDI commands from the uh, HX effects. And then we change we change channels organically, like using real amp zones with effects at the same time. So I could be like in crazy distortion land and hit a button, and it changes my channel, and then flips on a reverb or delay or anything else. It just does like six things with one. Oh, yeah, that's one so tight. Is it is it hard to program? Um, no, not really. No, <laughs> it's it's pretty self-explanatory. You just have to save it at the pedal, and you have to save it at the uh, MIDI switching device, and. It's kind of like, um, it's kind of like running like an analog Axe FX rig. Yeah, know, I was right? gonna say it's like all the advantages of an Axe FX with using a real amp. That's pretty. That's right, pretty right. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Man. So just out of curiosity, since I can't see it right now, with all that shit zip tied to the back of the amps, is it, <laughs> can you can you fit the the case on there just fine? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I had to cut the foam out a little bit. Yeah. Um, I'll take pictures of that too. But yeah, it's it's pretty. Um, it's 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 busy. I I was worried, but I had to call Joe from Bogner and be like, "Hey, man, if I put all this crap on there, am I gonna 
melt something, he's like, you'll be fine. Nah, you'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. what do you guys notice tonally uh, different um, between uh, the EL, what did you say, 34s or 84s in yours? 34, so it's a, you can take a KT-77, it's a drop-in replacement for a 34, ah. typically. So if you're going to do that, read a manual or contact the company, make sure. <laughs> I, called, I called Joe and I was like, hey, can I do this? He's like, you're fine. But uh, I dropped KT-77s in place of a 34, and we kept the 6L6 stock. Gotcha. It's just like the JJs are in there, and I got JJ-77s, but... Yeah, Keith, uh, what do you guys think? I think I'm a little darker than you are, usually. Yeah. Um, which I generally go for like a darker, lower, more low end focus sound, and Lance goes for more high focus kind of vibe. Sure. So it, it fits really well. Yeah, that way you and can. And he's both... the one doing most of the leads and stuff, so. That makes sense. It makes perfect sense. Yeah, right on. Cool. And so those cabs, I've, every Bogner cab I've heard is pretty solid. What, do you, what, what speakers are you guys running in there? Um, well, we used to use. And I'm not not dissing anybody, but we used to use orange, and like we were always kind of like, it didn't have like a body um, that we were looking for to it. And then uh, I uh, I've I always that elephant. <laughs> What's that? I got that elephant that had the yeah yeah yeah. I think the key is here is uh, it's got um, v, a vintage thirties and uh, is it G twelve seventy fives? Yeah. And an X pattern. So. You get like a really sweet blend of like that vintage thirty thing that we liked from the, like the uh, the oranges, but then like Keith has some sun cabs that um, are like, like computer yeah on right <laughs> now <laughs> <laughs> um, with those with the bigger body speakers in it that um, that it like blends the two because those cabs are sick too but sometimes they're a little like they don't have the definition yeah they can yeah. be a little dark and then like. These cabs are like the perfect blend of that, both those worlds. And they just, like, I remember the first tour we played on, I was like, I'm selling everything <laughs> and buying only these things. <laughs> that um, rules. Yeah, I'm a yeah. huge fan of any kind of X pattern um, speakers in a cab, just, you know, because it mixes it up. I think yeah. in this Mesa behind me, I have vintage 30s and some cannabis wrecks, which are a little darker. That? They're, a little, they're a little darker than the 30s, but it kind of, it blends well, you know, it kind of puts you somewhere, it gives, it gives you more mid than you'd expect, you know, okay. um, which I like. And then I've also noticed, like, it's funny that you say that uh, those orange cabs are, are dark, because every time I see a doom band playing them, it sounds awesome. Right, yeah. But beyond that, not really my thing for high gain sounds, but yeah. I know what you mean for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, right on, dudes, this has been a blast. Is there anything else in your rig that uh, we have not talked about? Um, I'll send you some. Oh yeah, our we use Sennheiser stuff. I've owned every wireless brand uh, since like the like early two thousands, and they're they all just I don't have good luck with any other brand. Um, we only these are newer from like twenty six seventeen or eighteen I think. Or yeah, we worked before mm -hmm. Cane Hill that tour went on. Yeah. Um, we we only upgraded because we were having problems with frequency interference. Oh, <laughs> we still yeah our bass player uses my old one still. This is from two thousand six, and it still works. Oh, it just won't die. I can't break it. So just get Sennheiser. Yeah. Do it. That's that's good advice. So with the Sennheiser, do you notice any kind of dip or cut in your tone or or you know it, response at all? They almost give us like a high end boost that I rely on now. Yeah, yeah. Like for the tone, I. 
I always hated using wirelesses before I started hanging out with Lance. <laughs> um, and he got me onto these Sennheisers, which, like, it gives it a brightness that, like, if I'm playing without a wireless, I it doesn't sound right to me now. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's yeah. funny. You know, it's something that not, not a lot of people ever talk about, but, like, you know, like, the dudes in ACDC, they, they you know, a lot of people say that oh, their, yeah. their tone is reliant on that Schaefer replica or whatever, like their wireless from back in the day, mm -hmm. they argued that it gave it some sort of compression, maybe, you know, that the rest of the gear wasn't giving it. So I think there's probably more to, the, to that than we can either hear or yeah. realize yeah. is going on. So is, is, other than that precision drive, is, is that Align 6 the only thing you guys are using? I mean, I don't have a precision drive in my live rig. Um, I don't think Lance does either. No, I think that's, that's only recording. Yeah, if uh, I use my um, my uh, Uber shawl, I'll bring that out. Um, these yeah. heads don't. That's a big attraction for me all about these heads is that you don't need pedals. It, it's yeah. just sheer. Like, I think for for us, it's like we're we're like really DIY, like trying to keep it as simple as possible, budget you know constraints and everything else, like crew members and stuff. Um, for, I know for me, it was like Warp Tour was the first tour I used the HXFX on. Up until then, I was just using a foot switch. Yeah, same, really. Um, yeah, we were, like, you just, you know, the simp less setup time and the more simple you can make it, the more focus you can have on a show, um, which is why, like, the digital stuff, um, you know, you just, we try and get the best quality digital stuff you can and, like, take advantage of that um, world as you, as you can, but, you know, still try to, like, burn some glass and metal at the same time because it just sounds right <laughs> <laughs> totally <laughs> i think i only have delay and reverb on my effects here and a looper yeah uh, and sometimes a chorus that i can turn on or off but and an octave thing but i don't have any yeah. any tone stuff on there right That's on crazy. well dudes i'm so excited for the new record it's i'm guessing it's on pure noise again yep which that label's been fucking killing it lately, man. Damn. Yeah, yeah you guys have found a really, really good home. Jake, Jake's <laughs> been really good to us. Jake's got a good ear. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that Knock Loose record was my favorite of last year. Can't believe I haven't wrecked my car listening to that shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so heavy. I love it. Well, right on, dudes. And everybody at home, thanks for watching. Stay tuned for more rig rundowns, riff rundowns. Uh, the new Sharp Tooth record comes out on the 10th. Um, do you guys want to tell everybody where they can find that? It'll be SharpToothBand.com. Um, we have pre-orders up. Um, I've heard uh, some some talkings of a radio play at some point. Nice. Um, yeah, that just I just saw that. Um, then uh, I think we're on some satellite stuff. Europe is picking it up. Um, yeah, it, sh it should be pretty cool. I mean, it's really... Uh, we recorded that with uh, Brian McTurnan, too. That was pretty rad. Oh, right on. Yeah. yeah. Cool, <laughs> that rules. Well, yeah. right on, dudes. Um, I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing you play live uh, in, the, in the near future. We'll see how this all yeah. plays out. But <laughs> until then, thank you so much for being with us. And you guys stay tuned for other stuff. Later. Toodles. See ya.